Hi, everyone. Jen Dro here, Senior Director of Communications for the Diocese. We're back with a very special guest, Bishop John Noonan, fresh off his retreat with fellow bishops at Mundelein Seminary in the Chicago suburbs. Welcome back, Bishop. Well, thank you very much, and it's wonderful to be here with you. We missed you. I, I hear it's beautiful out there, Mundelein, but it, cold, I bet. Oh, yes. There was snow, and there were deer, and there were everything, you know, ice and cold, but it was wonderful. Perfect. So last time we spoke, you said you and your brother bishops would attend this week-long retreat to really focus on prayer and reconnecting with Jesus. What was the highlight of the trip for you? You go with certain expectations, but the fact that you got together with your brother bishops and the fact that we prayed together and spent time together, I felt that in one sense it was wonderful because there was no business. It was all about prayer, and it was about just getting to know one another. So I felt it was very important just to sit down and talk to a brother, a bishop, and just kind of realize there wasn't an agenda, but just to talk about them and their concerns and what was bothering them in their life. And it wasn't really about the problems, but really about who we are as people and what our role is as bishops. And we were there to pray and to support one another. Now, this retreat was headed up by Capuchin Father Canto Lamesa. Am I saying that right? Correct. Okay. A man he's preached to popes and top officials of the Roman Curia for nearly 40 years, St. John Paul II, Pope Benedict, Pope Francis. It must have been very special to hear from him. Yes. You go to a retreat, and I know he's Italian, but we weren't sure how good his English was, but he ended up being wonderful. He's a wonderful retreat master, but also a wonderful person, a wonderful priest. It was a joy to be in his presence and, you know, just to listen to his words because his talks were wonderful. They were powerful, in fact. I read some articles where your fellow bishop said listening to him was like being in the presence of early Christian theologians, adding he's really good but can be brutally honest. Yeah, he's got a wide range of experience of having preached almost 40 years to the Curia and to the Pope and to different people. He's a very well-educated man. He's not only scripturally based, he's a man of the world in the sense that he was able to incorporate and bring to life our experience of what it is to be a priest or a bishop in the world today. Can you describe some of the more salient points of his message to you? It was a very simple retreat, but he based it all on the hymn, of any creator, you know, come Holy Spirit. It was beautiful because he began by just telling us to get away from the world in a sense, away from, I think he called it from the strife of tongues, which is Psalms. Because sometimes, you know, we're listening, we're overloaded by communication and all sorts of different kind of news, good news, bad news, challenges. And he said, now it's a time to listen to the voice of the Lord. I really love that focus on uh, the reliance of the Holy Spirit. I think many of us, and not just clergy, think we can just go it on our own in this world in troubling situations of any kind. And his first talk was basically intimacy with Christ. If you don't know Christ, how can you really say that you are a follower of Christ? And he began that by telling us more than anything else, you know, that it's one thing that Jesus appointed 12 that he might be with them and he might send them. And he kind of focused on what does it mean to be with Christ? The fact of what did he send them out to do? And I think in our world today, we are so busy. What kind of a relationship do we have with Christ? That was a very important thing. He said to know Christ in your heart and in your life is so important because it's with Christ that we really make decisions. And that's what he was trying to get at back to us all the time. Recently, I was talking to some politicians who live and work in Washington, and they were saying one of the tragedies that's happening now in our world today is that we kind of have jobs and we do our jobs, but we don't have a relationship with the people we work with. 
And some of our congressmen and politicians, the senators, go to Washington on a Monday and they come back on Thursday. But they don't live in Washington. So they don't interact. The only time they interact is on a business level. And I think the same with us as bishops. When we get together in Baltimore or wherever, we're getting together on a business level. We pray, but there isn't to the intimacy of we're praying for five, six, seven days together. And we're praying and focusing on who we are in our relationship with God with one another. And I think that was very important for us to experience that, to know somebody, not just because they're on a committee and you have a problem or you have to deal with some situation. It was to know the person first. It's hard for many people to admit we can't do it on our own, that we have to rely on God, and especially in times like this. Some of your brother bishops had a lot of similar thoughts about the retreat, that it was holy and spiritual. They came away with new strength, a sense of renewal. What do you feel that you really walked away with? Well, I think the one thing that he really stressed on me was we ask ourselves this question, is Jesus for us a person or a personality? And I think for the vast majority of people in the world today, Jesus is a personality. And a personality can be anybody, but it's not somebody you have a conversation with. And he stressed the whole thing of, Jesus is a person you have a relationship with. You talk to, you share, you reflect on, and you speak to. And I think that's so important for me that God or Jesus is not an object. He's, it's really the subject of your life. And sometimes we get so disconnected from that. Absolutely. Were you disappointed in any way that canonical or civil questions were not really directly addressed at this retreat? No, because I don't think that's why we were there. We were there to let the Lord into our hearts and into our lives so that we can address these things with a whole new vision of having prayed about it and asked the Lord for the wisdom and guidance. There's a great saying in, in, in um, from the Church Fathers, the unreflected life is not worth living. You need to reflect on what we need to do because sometimes we're so busy, we're doing things, but we're not reflecting on really where the Lord fits into all this. So it's not a matter of solving the problem. It's about really truly understanding the problem and what does the problem mean to me personally and how it has affected me and how I should really see how it affects others. Then I should be able to come up with an answer. And it's not my answer, but it's it's really God's answer, Christ's answer working through me. Speaking of others, now that you're back in Orlando, do you have any words of wisdom to share with fellow Catholics still struggling with the situation? There is a situation where we have to deal with it. There's a lot of tragedy in our world today, but there's also a lot of tragedy in the church that the fact that these things happen and we have to deal with them. One of the good things that sometimes it's hard to see is, yes, we have since 2002 at least addressed the issue. But unfortunately, when it keeps coming forward and the history is not quite understood and we try to deal with it, Today, the media, it's very difficult because it's much more complex than a soundbite or it's much more complex than 10 or 15 seconds on, on, on the media. But I think what we have to realize is this is very important. We have to not just have answers, but we have to have a solution because this is not just about laws. It's about really, truly about people's lives. And people have been hurt and people have been broken. And and the church has been responsible and the church needs to take responsibility for some of its actions. The way I see the world today and since 2002, I think we have looked at it in a very serious way. And and now we need to make sure that it's integrated into the lives of everybody. Because this is not just a problem in the church. This is a problem of society as well.
So up next is the meeting in Rome with Pope Francis in February. The heads of the bishops' conferences from around the world are going to share experiences, difficulties, and possible solutions. We know this is going to bring about unprecedented conversation about abuse, but do you really expect any policy to come from it? The Holy Father wants to bring together, first of all, is an awareness that this is not just an American issue. This is a worldwide issue. And the church needs to respond to evil, to sinfulness. And the church cannot, in a sense, avoid just saying it's an issue in one part of the world and not all the world. But the Holy Father is saying we need to deal with this, not just spiritually, but we need to deal with it concretely, that it has to be dealt with from a worldwide resource and come with the spirituality then of knowing that we need to heal. We need to heal our people, we need to heal our church, and we need to heal our world that we live in today. Let's talk a little bit about the safe environment policy here in the Diocese of Orlando. The diocese was found compliant with all audited articles within the Charter for the Protection of Children and Young People for 2017-2018. What are some of the lessons you've learned since you became Bishop of Orlando? The way the structure of the church was, the bishop was everything, all power and everything was delegated to the bishop. But I think what we have to realize today, there's a whole collaboration. Since Vatican II, the lay people have taken a more important role. We've had Eucharistic ministers, lectors, we've had permanent deacons. But it's also important to realize that there are other areas of the church and governance of the church where we need help. And one of the areas is really basically when it comes to issues of how to safeguard our communities, how to safeguard our churches, how to safeguard our vulnerable population, our young people. And I think it's very important when issues come that it's not just an issue that is going to be dealt with by one person, but it's going to be dealt by a community. And we have a a structure in place that can deal with some of these issues and make sure that what has happened is dealt with in a proper manner so that people are not, in a sense, injured or abused or, or overlooked, that all God's people are sacred. We have to make sure that we do have a safe environment for everybody, from the young to the old to the vulnerable. Bishop, we thank you for coming in and sharing your experiences from Mundelein. Any advice on how we can continue to remain prayerful and patient during these difficult times? It's always good to take time up because I said sometimes we're so overloaded today. We're, we're so conflicted. Our lives are conflicted. Our society is conflicted. Even our church is conflicted. And more than anything else, I think we have to reconnect with God and we have to reconnect with the Holy Spirit as um, Father Cantor Malay said, come Holy Spirit, enkindle in us the fire of your love, that we may be recreated. And I think it's recreating our hearts so that we know who Christ is in our life, so that we can do his work and do it as he has called us to do his will. Thanks everyone for listening. This has been another special presentation of Faith Fit, and we wish you peace, love, and joy. Thank you.